and welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. On today's episode, Pastor Pat Hauser guides us through our Psalm 68 devotion. Good day to you. Pastor Pat here with our Wednesday Psalm devotion, and today it's my blessing to share with you a devotion on Psalm 68. It's kind of a long psalm. It's a psalm of David, and there's a little bit of disagreement among commentators as to exactly the organization of the psalm, or what is it supposed to mean, or what's its particular use or significance, and I think we can talk about a few of those things today. But first, before we get started, let's open up with a word of prayer. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you've blessed us with, another opportunity to live out our faith and to dig into your word together. We pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to be upon us as we take a look at Psalm 68, and we see many of your promises reiterated in this psalm, and many of the incredible actions that you took throughout history with your chosen people, the Israelites, they're also reflected in these words. Lead us to recall your promises and your keeping those promises as we face some difficulties in our lives as well. Be with us now by the power of that Holy Spirit. Open our minds and hearts to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm 68 is is kind of a, a long psalm, and I'm not going to read the entire thing, but as we're talking through this devotion, I'm going to direct you to some particular verses, and there's some main points, I think, that are made in this psalm that I want to call our attention to, and we'll read those sections. But overall, it's important not to take things out of context. We always say we don't want to parse scripture. We need to look at it in its broader context. But this is such a long psalm. And if you look at it in the way that one of the commentators that I studied does, you'll kind of see how it fits together. One commentary says, we really don't know why this psalm is organized the way it is. Some people think that uh, the various subsections of it are titles or content just kind of copied from other psalms, that it really doesn't have a whole lot of rhyme or reason. However, another commentary that I read said to look at this psalm as a procession song, a processional uh, that the Israelites would sing as they processed into the temple for worship. It is almost what we might call a liturgical psalm, that the different verses within it or the different sections within it recall a different aspect of God's character and God's action in the lives of his chosen people. So it is a psalm of David, and it is a song, which leads us to believe that it was probably sung as a part of worship. But think of this as a processional. And if you break this processional down, the first main part that we see in verses one through about six is God's rescue of his chosen people. We know that God rescued the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt and led them out of that captivity. And verses one through six, talk about that. And David ascribes to God the glory and the thanksgiving uh, that he is due for leading them, the Israelites, out of bondage in Egypt. 
And then we get to the second part, which talks about the wandering of God's people in the wilderness. And I want to read that. That's verses 6 through 10. David writes, O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, rain in abundance, O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. These verses really speak to the idea that regardless of the difficulties that God's people find themselves up against, he's always with them. David writes here that God marched through the wilderness with these people. I had the blessing of preaching a sermon a few weeks ago talking about the idea that the times that we are in now, these COVID-19 times, are something of a wilderness time for us as the church, as followers of Jesus. And the point that I really tried to make eminently clear in that message is there's a purpose for God's people to be in the wilderness. God always accomplishes that purpose. And when we might think that it is a time of difficulty and a time of trial, which it absolutely is, God's working through it. He always does. God worked through the Israelites' time of wandering in the wilderness. And he was faithful throughout that time to march right there alongside his people and to provide. When we read of the rains that God provided in abundance, that's his provision of these people's basic needs. We know that even though those Israelites wandered for 40 years, their clothes never wore out, their Shoes never got worn out, their feet didn't swell, and they were never without food or water. God was with them in their wilderness time, and he is with us in this wilderness time as well. The next few verses speak of the conquest of the promised land. Verses 11 through about verse 18 kind of speak of this conquest where God enabled his people to conquer the surrounding nations uh, and for Israel to take up habitation of these lands referred to as the promised land. And so those verses talk about that. The next couple of verses I want to look at is God's salvation. And David speaks of this in verses 19 and 20. David writes, Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God the Lord belong deliverances from death. God saves us, his chosen people. We're not the Israelites, but we're the church. We're the new Israel. God saves us through the sacrifice of his precious son. God receives our praise because he delivers us from death. His son paid the price for our sins, for the sins of the entire world for that matter. He saves us and to him we owe our everlasting praise. 
And he also protects us. God saves. God protects those who trust in him. And that's what faith is. It's trusting in God. Finally, the last point I want to make from this psalm, this song, is this. God is the God of all nations. And it's his desire to be the one most high God of everybody. There is a lot of little G gods. We even make our own little G gods by the idols that we prop up in our lives. We make gods out of material possessions and activities and relationships other than our relationship with our Heavenly Father. But it's God's desire to be the God of all nations. It's God's desire that all people would come to a saving faith in his son. It's God's desire that his word would go out, that everyone would hear it. Because faith comes by hearing and by the power of the Holy Spirit, delivered along with God's word, faith is created in the heart of the one who hears the good news of the gospel. Beginning in verse 32, David writes about this idea that all are welcome, that it's God's desire that all come to a saving faith. O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God, sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. That's his word that God sends out. Ascribe power to God, David continues in verse 34, whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. God's people are all that would humble themselves before him and have him be the Lord of their lives. There is one most high God who rides in the heavens. And the heavens, the stars and, and planets and such serve as a testimony to God's glory. And those who do not profess a saving faith in God are left without an excuse, looking at the glory and majesty of God and all that he has created. And when we say that God sends out his voice, his mighty voice, that's his word that he sends out through preachers, teachers, everyone who has faith in his son. We are all prophets to a certain extent. We can all testify to the glory of God's word as it points to Jesus Christ as our Savior. I hope you have the opportunity to read through this entire psalm and you'll be able to see how it kind of unfolds as a processional of sorts. And you'll see these various points on the timeline, if you will, of God's work in, among, and through his people throughout history. And it's my prayer that you see yourself in this psalm as well, that God has been and continues to be with you during this wilderness time. And to him is due all glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And now may God's peace, which passes all human understanding, keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. His peace be with you today and always. I'll look forward to sharing another devotion with you next week. Take good care. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Bray on all social media outlets. Visit ChristBray.org. We'll see you next time.